Hope your Thursday morning is off to a great start, everyone. Welcome back to Between the Horns, week three edition. I'm J.B. Long, alongside team reporter Serena Morales, Maurice Jones-Drew, and NFL Network's Steve Weish. Glad you are with us, as we have a lot to get to to preview this contest. It's a undefeated showdown in upstate New York, the Buffalo Bills and your Los Angeles Rams. Good morning, Serena. Good morning, J.B. Good morning, guys. All right, let's kick things off the way we always do. A quick look back at last week's game, and it was a pretty dominant win for the Rams, 37-19 over the Eagles. Biggest takeaway for each of you over that week two win at Philadelphia. Uh, Steve, I'll start with you. Yeah, to me, it's the diversity of the offense. This looks like the Rams, as it did a couple years ago with the run game, spreading the wealth around. You cannot pick your poison. You know, they, they just spread the ball. All over the place, Higby has his big breakout game. We saw Van Jefferson do some things. This looks like the offense that is deep in Sean McVay's brain. (laughs) Uh, For me, guys, it's going to be, you know, the others making plays. Daryl Williams stepping up huge, stopping a drive with a pick. Um, I mean, offensively, Daryl Henderson is is another uh, another guy that is shown to be the guy now. The huge day rushing with Malcolm Brown and – Obviously, Cam Akers uh, being a little banged up. So guys that we necessarily don't expect to show up, show up huge and impact the game. That, that, that is how you continue to build a championship team. We saw that, like Steve said, a couple years ago. Uh, now you're seeing it more and more. It was one of those performances where there aren't very many bad takeaways. I'll focus on player development and to see players jump from week one to week two, like Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young, a couple of off-ball linebackers getting their NFL chance, Jordan Fuller. Sebastian Joseph Day. I mean, those are all really encouraging things from a personnel and a coaching standpoint. I do have one word of caution. The Rams are 2-0, I would say, despite their special teams. That is a stark departure from the norm that we become accustomed to with these Los Angeles Rams. They better be careful. Special teams better be sharp as they go to Buffalo. Yeah, and JB, I'll add off of what MJD just said. Um, this is sort of like a big, big time who stepped up, right? It's not just the superstars. It's not just the Jalen Ramseys and the Aaron Donalds that were hearing their name in week two. It's the Micah Kaisers who led the team in tackles with 16. It's the Troy Hill and the Darius Williams who got their interception. It's the Van Jefferson, the rookie, who again looked really good in addition to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So I think it's really more about the balance, not just the superstar names that we need to see. It's the other guys picking up the slack. And Serena, let's zoom in on that running game because I think we heard Sean McVay bemoan for most of last year the lack of identity, right, that his offense just couldn't grapple with until maybe December, that last month of the season. And he talked a lot about this offseason, reestablishing that efficiency in the running game. And through two weeks, we've seen a ton of that, Maurice. 40 carries against the Cowboys, 39 uh, against the Eagles, putting them in great down and distance situations. Yeah, it's all about when you talk about efficiency, you talk about four yards on first down, um, half the chains on second down, and then converting on third down. But it seems like the Rams are in second and two, uh, second and three, second and four because of their running game. And I have to say this. Uh, Joseph Noboom goes down, David Edwards steps in, and the running game continued to be successful. They actually had uh, longer runs uh, during that span. So it was – we have to go back to what happened last year with a lot of guys playing, you know, everyone was a little upset, but the Rams were still competitive at 9-7. and seven. But that experience of that young offensive line, guys being put in different situations, having to play in pivotal games, it, 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 it really helped this week. And I, I, I truly believe that – while no boom is getting healthy and getting better, David Edwards is going to continue to, to, to go. And, and again, Andrew Whitworth, 
leading this offensive line on some of those runs away from when they're running to the right. He's caving down that side and pushing that defensive end and defensive tackle five and six yards down the field. So when Malcolm Brown decides to cut back on some of his runs, he's getting four or five yards where he's being contacted by a safety. So, you know, it's just been a recommitment to this running game that has helped everything. I think it helps that defense out. It helps a passing game out for sure. Um, and it goes back to that offensive line. That offensive line has done a phenomenal job. Uh, Coach Cromer's done a phenomenal job of getting those guys back going again. And you're starting to see the dividends of it now. Yeah, 100% MJD. Look, getting Rob Havenstein back in that right tackle, I mean, he's a very physical player. And whatever Cromer's doing, they're playing much more on a thread than they did last year. I think that's because the in and out, you know, of the injuries and players like that. But I'm also going to go to the – again, you heard me talk about the diversity of the offense a minute ago. What about the diversity of the running game? Wide receivers carried the ball six times last week. It's not just the running backs. And, and MJD, I'm sure you appreciate this. They're not necessarily an inside run team with the running backs or a zone stretch run scheme. Sean McVay is just bang, bang, bang. He gives you that pre-snap eye candy. You don't know where the ball is going. And they're tripping up defensive players – who have certain keys to read every play. He is understanding if a linebacker is reading a guard or if he's reading a tackle's first step, how to play off of that and how to get that player out of position. It is an absolute technical, you know, mind game, which which Sean McVay is doing right now. And the execution by the players uh, has been fantastic. And Malcolm Brown, we we don't give him enough credit. He, He is really doing it in everything that they're trying to do. And again, you get this run game going, this offense, He's going to be one of the best in the NFL. Steve, I have to say this. As a former running back, all the, like everything you said was awesome, but the receivers getting the ball, especially inside the five. Like, come on. A little reverse to Robert Woods. That was a slap in a running back's face. We, need, we, we want those touchdowns as much as possible. You are such a fantasy football player, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I have Robert Woods too, but, you know, just a running back position. We're going to run the ball. Put it on my back. Don't, don't put it on the receivers. They, they get to catch the ball too a lot in the back uh, uh, in, during the game. You guys remember the movie She's All That, like in the 90s? This offense oh, yeah. is way more robust, right? In 2018, in that Super Bowl run, we saw this 11 personnel. Like, Lainey Boggs, like, she was an amazing woman already, right? She was smart. She was an artist. She was well-spoken. This is an enhanced offense, right? We got to give credit to Sean McVay evolving as a head coach and learning the job more. I think to both of your points with the running game, um, this is an enhanced identity that we're seeing here. Laney already had it going on. Now she's going to the prom, and she's going to get – she's going good. <laughs> Sean McVay, this is the first time I'll ever, ever make a comparison again to a 90s movie. Laney I was about to say, that was, a, that was a deep reach right there, Serena. <laughs> He's all that. He's all that. <laughs> hey, MJD, have you ever had separated rib cartilage? What's that going to do to uh, Cam Akers' chances this mm-hmm. weekend? And, like, look, it was Daryl Henderson last week. It was Malcolm in week one. Who's going to be that guy in week three? KB, I'm glad you said that because I actually did have that, that injury the same way Cam Akers had. And I kind of figured that's what it was, the way he went down, because there was so much pressure on, his, on the upper half of his body. Um, it depends on your pain tolerance. Can you deal with it? There's nothing really you, you can't. It's an uncomfortable feeling. It doesn't hurt, but it feels they call it floating ribs. You, your, your ribs just move around. So they can put, like, pads on it. Um, you can take painkillers and stuff. But that, that really it doesn't – it still makes it uncomfortable. Um, hopefully um, he has a high pain tolerance and can go out there and play. I didn't miss a game with it. Um, and it takes about three to four weeks to kind of fully heal. Um, but 
you know, again, I, I think with Daryl Henderson running the way he's running, obviously Malcolm Brown running the way he's do, doing it, you, you're, you've been afforded time. And then you have two other running backs who can come in as well um, and impact this game. So I, I, the Rams are fine. They have five guys that can go. Um, and, and the reason they, they're, they're fine is this. When you have Todd Gurley, you're going to have eight guys in the box. We don't see as much eight men in the box now because of the way this passing game's going. So when you have an unloaded box, guys can go and crease the run a little bit. And so I, I think, again, it, it, it kind of helps this running game out that there is no Todd Gurley. And this is a group of guys that can each do uh, kind of get five and six yards of carry because of where the offensive line block and the way the defense is playing. You said run game. The Bills are off to a 2-0 start behind an impressive QB of Josh Allen. This guy does it in the air and he does it with his feet. How do you slow a guy like this down through two games leads the NFL in passing 729 yards, 75 rushing yards. Um, I mean, he, Josh Allen, a lot of people have made the comparison to Cam Newton. He's a linebacker as a QB, right, Steve? Yeah, he's, he's that big. I mean, Josh Allen, if you stood up next to him, he's, he's that big. So the way you have to defend him, first off, the DBs, we hear this expression, they have to plaster because he will extend plays, right? So you've got to stick on your man or in your zone. He will find the open reads. You're seeing that more and more. But more importantly, they've got to hit him early. It's, it's any, there's not a quarterback around who, if he's got people in his face early in a game, is not going to start to wander and get off of his game a little bit. So, I mean, that's difficult because their offensive line is playing really well. And this is a team that's running the ball fairly well as well. So this, this is going to be a tough thing but they've got to give him a lot of different looks. And frankly, the Rams need to get a lead and make him, okay, we've, we've got to throw. The Rams have got to play from ahead in this game because we've seen the Bills. They are a very good team. And if they've got to go toe-to-toe and they can run with Singletary and, and Zach Moss, one of my favorite young players in the NFL, this is a very, very dangerous offense. Yeah, I'll say this. The, the one thing about the Buffalo Bills is, is it's been their strength of schedule to this point. Um, you play the Jets – Ah, right. You you play the Dolphins. Uh, but they've done what they're supposed to do. They've beaten those teams handily. This is going to be the first test, I think, that the, the Bills actually have where you're going against a, a, a really good NFL football team uh, where I think the, the Rams in week one, Dallas, you know, you saw Dallas and you see that Dallas has the potential. So um, with Steve, I'll say this. Um, Jalen Ramsey, is this is what you get paid for. Yep. All right. This is what we, we've given you the $20 million for. You have to eliminate Stephon Diggs, period, point blank. We have to force Josh Allen like we did, uh, like they did against the Eagles to go to their second and third read. Make sure that he gets off uh, his first guy. Uh, so we saw Jalen Ramsey do that with Zach Ertz in some third down situations last week. So you got to make sure you get him off of uh, Stephon Diggs and force John Brown and Cole Beasley to beat you. Uh, secondly is Aaron Donald has to show up and dominate this game. That, that This is, again, this is when your best players, well, we talked about the others early on, now I need my, my, um, my brand name guys, my, you know, uh, my targets, my Walmarts, my brand name guys are stand up and make plays. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald defensively. Now, when you get to the, the offense of the Rams, Steve, you're exactly right. You want to continue to run the ball, play action pass. This, this defense is banged up, especially in their linebacker core, which actually helps the Rams because the guys are going to misfit a little bit. But – you want to play from a lead because Josh Allen, as good as he is, if you have him throw the ball more than, you know, 25 to 30 times, he gets a little uh, sporadic when his throws. And so there's, there's definitely opportunity here to go and do it. I think 
playing again in Buffalo in that 10 o'clock hour is going to be tough back-to-back weeks. But if the Rams can jump out and start fast, I, I think it'll play to their advantage. Maurice is making this sound like the Paul Feinbaum show. He's like calling in saying, yeah, but who have they played about the 2-0 Buffalo Bills? This is the league, yeah. man. You don't return any wins. No, Buffalo's no. good. Buffalo's good, man. I'm not well, saying, that's a good I'm not football team. Good. I'm just saying, you know Jets, come on. Like, no, you're right. I think both of those teams are going to be there at the end looking for the number one pick. And speaking of Miami, like Byron Jones goes down on that first drive. Imagine losing Jalen Ramsey on the opening drive of this game and what that would mean to the matchup with Stephon like you're talking about. And look, no offense to John Franklin Myers, but right now he's the best Jets pass rusher through two weeks, and he's a former Rams castoff. So if you're assuming that Brandon Staley and company are going to bring better than the Jets and the Dolphins have so far, that's more of a test for Josh Allen. But I will say – one of two things has happened. Either he's completely flipped his game or he's due for a regression because to this point in his career, he was known for a lack of accuracy downfield beyond 20 yards. And he was known for turnover worthy throws through two weeks. He's completely eliminated those two dimensions from his game, been much more accurate and has taken the negative plays out. We'll see what Josh Allen, the Rams get in week three. JB, do you want to get to a, a fan mail question? Uh, yeah, sure. LA Rams FC has the honor on this edition of Between the Horns. And uh, they ask, what happened with Gerald Everett? Is he in McVay's doghouse is the question for the fourth year tight end. Is that, is that for me? Any of us. It is now. <laughs> oh, I'll take it. I, I don't, I don't, again, I think there's so many weapons out here, right, uh, that the Rams have offensively that it goes to the hot hand. Gerald Everett has had his opportunity. He gets them going. Uh, McVay spreads the ball around a ton, but Whoever gets hot is the guy they go to. And I think last week you saw Tyler Higby got hot. I mean, he caught a late, uh, a late third down pass, got a first down, came back on second down, got a first down, and then the red zone was kind of designed for him to score. And then he just took off. And you saw that, you know, he was the guy that they were featuring. The, the week before, um, it, was, it was other guys. So, again, it, it's just not that he's in the doghouse per se. It's just that he hasn't um, gotten the, the hotness yet. He hasn't heated up yet in order to do it because we've seen it before. Uh, a couple years ago where he got hot and he was the guy riding, they were riding for a while. Yeah, look, this situation too, Sean, Sean McVay does not serve you dinner without giving you an appetizer. Right now it's two weeks in. He's got 14 other services to go. He is setting things up. And so you're going to see Gerald Everett, as, as Maurice just said, have his fits and starts. Like this might be a game. You might see him use more of as an H-back type of dude because, you know, what, what Sean McDermott and that defense does and Leslie Frazier does for Buffalo, that's kind of tough to decipher a little bit, right? So I think this is one where Everett, Everett could show out, and, and I'm right there with you, Maurice. It's just somebody's going to eat every week, and everybody else has to basically rebound, assist, and play defense. One quick thought on Gerald, because on Tyler Higby's third touchdown, it was Everett who was holding the edge right in front of Jared Goff. I think it was Graham, the defensive end for Philadelphia, uh, and that extra second of protection in the pocket allowed Jared to set his feet and fire back deep left uh, to result in that touchdown. So it's not that he isn't contributing. He's just uh, not winning you any fantasy games so far. But we'll see in our fantasy football predictions whether or not this is his week. Oh, the teaser, JV. All right, it's now time for our rapid fire segment. We're going to roll through a bunch of different topics and matchups heading into week three. The Rams are heading back east for the second straight week. Stefan Diggs versus Jalen Ramsey. Steve Weiss, you take it away. I think this is where we're going to see Jalen, you know, trail digs a lot. Not, not the whole game, but I think we're going to see him in situations, a lot of 10 on 10, because 
I think this is one where Jalen Ramsey is not going to be targeted, even though Diggs has been a favorite target of Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be probably the premier matchup for Jalen Ramsey throughout this season. Stephon Diggs is a tremendous route runner. And it's funny, when you see what the Minnesota Vikings are doing without him now, it's like, oh, my goodness, he is really that guy. So um, this is, again, like I said, this league is about matchups. And the reason you went and traded all those picks for Jalen Ramsey, you paid him all that money, is to match him up with guys like this, Julio Jones, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to put him on there. And whoever wins that battle is predominantly going to win this game. I've been impressed with his supporting cast. I mean, Beasley has a nice reputation, John Brown too, but they're not exactly like big name receivers in the league. And yet many collectively now regard this Buffalo threesome as one of the best uh, receiving cores in the National Football League. I think whether or not their tight end can go, uh, who wound up, I think, in the concussion protocol after last week's game in Miami will also be a critical factor in terms of how much space, how much oxygen Stephon Diggs is able to find uh, in the Rams defense. I'm just more excited to see how Jalen actually affects everything else on the field, right? He's more than just a quarterback. He's a playmaker. So let's see how he affects the entire defense going into this game. The O-line, killing it right now. So is Jared Goff. Is there a direct correlation? Yes. <laughs> David Edwards is in for uh, injured Joe Nopum. Uh, JB, I'll start with you. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, Sean McVay is making his quarterback and his offensive lines lives easy, which is not to say what they're doing is easy. It's just that from a coaching standpoint, uh, his offensive staff is putting those players in great positions to succeed, which is exactly what you want your coaches to do. Uh, at left guard, I'm intrigued because other than the coaching staff telling us that Joe Nobum was the best option at left guard, just about every other source of information says, actually, David Edwards probably deserves to be there. He will be there this week. I'm curious to see how it operates with him stepping in. Uh, I, I guess for me, this is going to be a, a great challenge. Um, this Bills defensive line, they get after it. Um, Ed Oliver was probably the best player in his draft when he came out. He slid a little bit. Um, and so the Buffalo Bills have done a great job of attacking this defensive line. That's how they want to play defense with Leslie Frazier. Sean McDermott, they come from that, that cover two, rush four, get guys to the quarterback, you know, a little zone blitz here and there. But this is going to be a great challenge for him. And, and I, I, like, as I said before, this is a matchup league. David Edwards, Austin Blythe, you guys are going to be matched up with Ed Oliver. How can you handle that? Um, and, and if, is, is, you know, you guys did a really good job with Fletcher Cox. You knew, you knew where he was going to be. You kind of you, you knew how to game plan, run away from him, sometimes run at him. It's going to be another tough challenge again. This guy's a little bit – he's much quicker, not as strong, but much quicker and more athletic than Fletcher Cox, so we'll see how it goes. And granted, you go against Aaron Donald every every day in practice, but this is going to be another challenge for you. Yeah, the Sean McDermott defense is historically they, – they come well – they game off the edges a lot. You know, Jerry Hughes is things like this. This is going to be a significant challenge for the offensive line, but like we talked about earlier, they're playing on a thread, and, and that's the most important part. I mean, whatever they're doing technically and things like that, it's working, but they have got to run the football. This offense does not function if they don't run well. You talk to any D.C. in the league when they face the Rams, if Jared Goff can run action pass, he's a different quarterback. If they can't run and he's got to drop back in the pocket, that way they can disguise coverages. So they have got to establish himself on the ground against a very, very good front. That's going to be key to how this offense functions. 
Let's continue that thought on the Buffalo defense with uh, their injury report. And last week at this time, we thought Philadelphia was in a world of hurt, but the Eagles got right and got most of their key players on the field. We'll see if that happens with the Bills. Milano and Edmonds, their inside linebackers, are practicing in a limited capacity. Uh, their nickel, Taron Johnson, also landed on the injury report this week with a groin. Uh, that's not good news necessarily with Cooper Cup coming to town and Tyler Higby as well. Uh, how important is it, do you guys think, for those three pieces, two inside linebackers and a slot corner to go against this Rams offense? Well, Terrell Edmonds is uh, – it's not Terrell, it's Tremaine, right? It's Tremaine. It's Tremaine. Yeah, there's, there's, they're all over the place. There's about 17 <laughs> of them in the league right now. I wish I was their mom and dad. But I'll say this. Uh, with Edmonds at middle linebacker, that with, with him or without him at middle linebacker, that is going to change everything. His ability, his range, his length, um, though that skill set is, is what kind of stops the inside breaking around. So we, we see the Rams love to throw. Um, and so you, you, you hope that you always want to play against the best. And, and, I, and as, a, as a competitor, you always want them to be at their best. And it's going to challenge you to another way. But I just think in the running game, um, it doesn't really matter at this point who the middle linebacker is for the running game. Um, but if you don't have those guys there, it's going to make it much easier for the Rams offense to kind of execute all over the place where they can throw the ball over the middle, outside, all those different things. Uh, but with Edmonds there in the middle, it's going to be tough to get the ball over his head just because he's 6'4", 6'5", and he, he runs like a 4'5", and he has the length, he can do all those things. And if you watch him play, he's very athletic. I mean, he makes some interceptions that you're like, like that's a, that's a safety or a DB making those type of plays. And that, that's exactly what he is. I remember before he came out, I was actually watching film uh, with 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala on Edmonds. And this is before he got technically sound and what Sean McDermott likes to do. And his range, you talked about it, is insane. And his instincts to beat blocks or step inside of blocks and not get caught out of position because of his length is huge. So if he is not able to play, again, think of Sean McDermott defenses. You think of Luke Keekley, guys like that. That is an important cog in what they do because they're run stoppers, but they're also guys who have to cover a lot of turf in the middle of the field if he's not in or if he's limited, Sean McVay is going to go after that in some way, shape, or form throughout the game. That's huge, but the Rams, again, cannot rely on that because that front that the Bills are coming with brings so much smoke. That should be their initial concern. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up with our fantasy picks for the week. Last week, JB, I got to give it to you. You nailed it. Jared Goff, you predicted three touchdowns. So are you going to bring the heat this week, JB? Well, right back at you, Serena. You pick the Rams defense, and they come away with three takeaways, and they hold another opponent below 20 points. So job well done by you. And how about DeMarco picking Higby with uh, the three receiving touchdowns? So I don't know. Maybe I should just retire right there because I also mentioned Daryl Henderson having a big week. I might take the rest of the season off and not, not venture back into these waters. Um, I'll go with one, I think, obvious pick and one under-the-radar pick. Robert Woods going back to Buffalo to face the team that drafted him, even though I don't think there's any animosity or ill will there. Sean McVay has a funny way of making sure guys with nice storylines find their way to pay dirt. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Robert targeted, targeted in that red zone area. And then I'll go with Gerald Everett, who we talked about. Uh, maybe if you're going to roll some coverage towards Cooper Cup in the slot or to uh, Tyler Higby coming off a three-touchdown performance, maybe this is Gerald's week to get free. Steve, come on. Show, show JB what you got. Oh, no, see, this is one you talked about, all those different targets and someone's time to eat. I'm going Van Jefferson, four catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown, and it's going to be an explosive touchdown. We know Tredavious White, he's going to be locked up on Robert Woods or whomever. He's a very, very good corner. And this is where they're going to slip Van in, 
pop over the top. That's where his big score is going to come on a 30-yard plus TD. All right. I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to go with Old Faithful. And there's been so much talk about this guy since he had his big game in London that he hasn't produced to that, that ability that we've looked at. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. And I think Cooper, it's time for Cooper Cup to have a day. Uh, I think this week is going to be it. Because they play so much zone uh, in Buffalo that you're going to have an opportunity for him to sit in those, those uh, soft areas in the zone and kind of pick up some routes. I'm going to say eight catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns for Cooper Cup. Big, a big game wow. was what's going to be needed. Remember, yeah, Mike Isecki, the, receiver. The, yeah, Mike Isecki, the tight end for the Dolphins, had numbers just like that last week. So that's that area where they're vulnerable. You know, the defense didn't actually score any points for me. They did give us the NFC Defensive Player of the Week and two interceptions. So I'm actually going to pick the defense again because if this game goes as close as they say it will be, the Rams are going to have to score on all three phases, right? JB said Josh Allen fumbles the ball a lot. So who's taking that fumble to the house? Got a lot of options on the Rams defense. I'm going week two once again, Rams defense. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I like I, that. I like that. Just show up today. I got AD behind me. It's okay. Um, that's a wrap, guys. I appreciate you all joining us for another episode of Between the Horns. Maurice Jones, Drew, Steve Weiss. JB Long, I'm Serena Morales. Thanks everyone for joining us. We'll see you next week for more Between the Horns.